Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, viewed to be the best. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I don't think it gets any bigger than this. Georgia, Ohio State in the college football playoff in the Peach Bowl in a building that Georgia has gotten quite comfortable in, quite at home in, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Obviously, Georgia wins the SEC championship. We'll do more to get there here coming up in just a uh, bit. But prior to that, I do want to talk about the matchup between the Dogs and the Buckeyes and as fun as this going to be. And listen, I think there are two kind of questions that come to mind for me about this game. And by all means, we're going to have you know an entire month to talk about all the different angles related to this game. But the two questions that kind of come to mind for me about Georgia and Ohio State, a game that I think if you're not a Dog fan, if you're not a Buckeye fan, you are salivating over the chance that these two teams play. And I think there's a sense in which even the fans of these two teams are also excited after all the years in which they've been competing for the same recruits you know next to each other in the top five and you know top of the country to now be on the football field together for the first time since the end of the 1992 season there's just a lot of energy around that so we're gonna talk kind of uh, about every angle of this question number one for me on this is is this fair is this fair for georgia as the number one overall seed uh getting a chance obviously playing its home state in mercedes-benz stadium but playing what i would think is the better of the teams between tcu and ohio state buckeyes to me feel like the better of those two teams ohio state was ranked ahead of tcu for most of the season they're both in a similar position Relax. They're, they're both in a similar position in that they are one loss teams who did not win their conference title and you can say well tcu played for its conference title but some of this is also simply about the difference between what the Big 12 is in terms of how it decides who plays for the SEC for the uh, Big 12 conference title and how the Big 10 decides who plays for the conference title. Big 10 still has divisions, Big 12 doesn't, so Ohio State's not in that conference championship game because they are in the Big 10 East. No one would dispute though that Ohio State's clearly the second best team in the Big 10. So in other words, you know, the 13th game is not necessarily an argument for TCU over Ohio State. I think measurably I would view the Buckeyes the better team. So on the one hand, you may say, well, hey, Georgia didn't get fully treated like the number one seed. Yes, it's playing in the venue it wants to play in, but it's maybe not playing the opponent it would have selected for itself if it was interested in having the easiest path possible. Ultimately, I think what happened here is, and some are going to say, hey, this is about avoiding the rematch for Ohio State-Michigan right away. People didn't want to see that right away because they'd just seen it. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe it's as simple as that. Those who are a little cynical about this process, maybe they're correct. I'm certainly willing to, to believe that they might be. But I also think that there's kind of a competitive argument to be made here that may have also been partially true, which is Georgia's a 13-0 team, Michigan's the 13-0 team. These are the two teams that have distanced themselves from the rest of the country and Georgia got the concession about where the game was played. Michigan got the concession about who they would play in their game. And so they avoid uh, Ohio State in in the uh, semifinal round. Georgia gets to play that game in its home state. And maybe that's what happened. So that's kind of the first question of, is it fair that Georgia's playing Ohio State? Some may say not. Ultimately, I don't know that I spend a whole lot of time on that because the question that probably kind of rules the day for me more so than anything else is, is it fun that that Georgia's playing Ohio State? And I think it just definitely is. I just think there is something about this that is just incredibly fun. And 
I feel very similar to this the way that I did when Tennessee beat Alabama. And you may hear me say this a couple of times this week. For some reason, this kind of thought's on my mind right now. That when Tennessee proved worthy of beating Alabama for the first time in a long time, there was in a roundabout way an indication that wasn't great news for Georgia. You had a new contender in the SEC East that you hadn't previously had. Uh, you were going to have a much tougher path to win the division once again because here's this Tennessee team that's all of a sudden scoring a bunch of points and and they clearly had kind of generated a lot of national attention there at that time. And yet even though that by appearances wasn't great news for Georgia, I immediately got excited about it. I wasn't rooting for Tennessee to win the game, but when Tennessee did win the game, all of a sudden I got very excited about what that might mean for the showdown with Georgia and Tennessee to begin November. I thought it on paper it appeared to be the best game that ever taken place in Sanford Stadium. And in you know, in retrospect, maybe that really was true. But it's almost like it's a tough task for Georgia, but those of us who like Georgia, it became very fun to think about knocking off a foe of that magnitude. And there's a part of me that sort of feels this same way about Georgia, Ohio State. There may have been an easier potential path to a national championship. Obviously, USC, if you could have played them, you'd have loved that because they play no defense whatsoever. Ohio State's at least better than USC is. But the formidable nature of the challenge, I think, makes it really fun. And to me, that's the word I'm going to keep coming back to. Georgia, Ohio State just feels really fun. But as far as what other folks think about this, let's talk about Georgia coach Kirby Smart here for a moment. Now, first of all, in his postgame press conference on Saturday, as you might imagine, not yet knowing who Georgia was going to play, that Smart wasn't ready to consider any of this. But in light of knowing they were about to find out their playoff opponent, uh, I think that Smart put into real important context exactly what Saturday night beating LSU was all about. It was more than just a qualifier for a college football playoff. There was business to take care of before the dogs got to that CFP game that ultimately would be against Ohio State. I thought Kirby Smart said it well on Saturday night. Here's Kirby. I have not seen one thing. I tried not to pay attention to any of it. I didn't have any games on or any phone. I mean, I hadn't heard anything to even know what's going on. I, it didn't matter. To me, that's so far away that, like, we don't. Number one, we don't control it. Number two, we, we so far away. You got time to prepare for it. My my focus has been on this because I told those kids I don't want one kid to walk out of our program without an SEC championship uh, ring for their career, and we, that was about to happen uh, if we didn't get that one. And uh, they said enough was enough tonight, and they they got them one. Boy, I love that. I don't want any player to leave George with an SEC championship, and. That's what mattered on Saturday night. It wasn't getting ready for for Ohio State or even thinking you might be playing Ohio State. It wasn't anything like that. It was about taking care of some business, whether you call it checking a box, Kirby said that, or a number on the wall. A lot of folks around Georgia said that, or the next step and go for two and 22. It was an SEC championship, and it was brought home. And if you watched our Dog Nation postgame show on Saturday night from the field at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you know how much fun we had with all of that. But then came Sunday morning. And Georgia found out it was officially playing Ohio State, and Kirby Smart went on ESPN, and for the first time, he talked about the Buckeyes as a very real opponent for Georgia coming up on December 31st. This was Kirby from ESPN. Well, I'm excited. Uh, what a great program. What a great job Ryan's done there. Um, they got a lot of really good players because uh, we recruit a lot of the same kids, and they've got a tremendous program. Um, it'll be a premier matchup, which our guys love, and you know, when you make the Final Four, whether you're one through four, it really doesn't matter. Um, what matters is how you manage this time building up to this game and the, the nature of the game because there's a lot of buildup. 
I mean, am I wrong about this? Doesn't it just sound really neat to hear Kirby talking about Ohio State in a non-hypothetical situation? I mean, in any time in the past, if he'd even tried to ask Kirby about Ohio State, he wouldn't have even acknowledged the premise of the question. No, we're not interested in talking about Ohio State. They're doing their thing in the Big Ten. We're doing our thing down here. That these two schools, even though they were almost always adjacent to each other, also sort of existed in different orbits, different almost dimensions, really. They just haven't been on the same field. And now they will be. And there's a way of football that the SEC has that we kind of believe in. There's a way of football in the Big Ten that I know their folks probably kind of believe in, too. And we get to decide on December 31st which of those ways of life, which of those ways of doing football is the better way of doing it. And to hear Kirby Smart talk about the game in a very real sense. We're battling over the same recruits. We're doing all this stuff together. And now we got to get ready to go play this game. There's a part of that that just sounds really fun to me. Now, Kirby also talks about the way in which you use your time to get ready for that game. And that gave Kirby a chance at a little bit of gamesmanship, pointing out that there is a hardship that his team had to face that Ohio State has not had to face. And I think it's probably kind of nice that Kirby's entering this into the record one more time, Kirby on ESPN. That's probably the toughest part to me is that, you know, I always look at it in his <laughs> – it's sour grapes now because I'm so happy that we got a chance to play in the SEC championship. We got a chance to win an SEC championship. But you look and you say, okay, I'd like to give my guys a little time to recover, relax, um, uh, get in shape, worry about final exams. I mean, there's so many things going on. We got official visits next weekend. But you see a team that maybe didn't play in a conference championship, and now the, the opportunity for those guys, they've had a, a week off. Uh, a week to recoup and get ready. They're going to be fresh and ready to go and ready to bounce back and start practicing. So we got to be smart about how we practice our guys, but we also got to understand it's going to be a physical game because Ohio State's a very physical team. Yeah, I think Kirby's right to bring that up. Go ahead and let it be known. Hey, you gave these guys a gift. You put them in the playoff when you didn't have to, and all of a sudden now our task is a little harder. We've played 13 games. They've only played 12. And what Kirby doesn't say there, but we all know is it's the same kind of thing in 2017 when Georgia also had to play a 13th and a 14th game, and uh, Alabama got that week off, did not play in the SEC championship. That uh, that was a team that was also given a gift back then. So this will be the second time that Georgia's kind of played a college football playoff team a game against a team that was kind of given a, a bit of a gift. So I don't mind Kirby kind of bringing that into the record here. But look, the bottom line is, is this is sort of the step one of a conversation that for us is going to last for many, many weeks. That it is as big as it gets. It is Georgia and Ohio State. I don't like the Buckeyes. I really, really don't. And some of y'all have kind of maybe gotten a little bit of a whiff of that based on some of the chatter we've had on the show the last few days. And I love nothing more than the thought that Georgia is getting ready to put them in their place and all these folks in the media have been propping them up for so long, such a long time that Georgia may be getting ready to put them in their place there as well. And if you're not fired about that, I don't know what to tell you. I think you probably are. This is going to be an incredibly fun month, and I can't wait for it. It's a huge game. I respect the opponent, but I don't fear them. I don't fear them for a second. And I think it's a fair fight, and it's going to be one for the ages, and I can't wait to be a part of it with you coming up on December 31st. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Pella, window and door of Georgia. And we're happy to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, normally live. Today, we're pre-recorded. 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, with the radio at noon on App at Sports Radio 960, The Ref, and a podcast wherever you find them, including the world-famous dognation.com. And as I mentioned, we are pre-recorded. So here is the story on this. I'm going to make this kind of quick, then we're going to roll through the rest 
of all of this. So this week, I'm very lucky. I was invited to be a part of a very special promotional cruise with our friends at Royal Caribbean. So I'm really excited about them. I'll come back and tell you all about it. We'll get you even more excited and fired up for the uh, Dog Nation cruise. By the way, we had folks signing up for the Dog Nation cruise while we were at our Dog Nation go for two and 22 tailgate on Saturday. So that was really fun. But because I'm going to be on the cruise, it's kind of taking me away from my normal position here in work. So we're recording these shows. But I told you that last week. Let me also tell you, though, that today we've kind of called a little bit of an audible. This show is recorded, was recorded on Sunday afternoon. So you're watching it on Monday morning or whenever you get it on Monday. Uh, but we recorded on Sunday afternoon. However, because there's so much going on, because it's George Ohio State and there's a possibility that maybe Stetson Bennett's a Heisman finalist or whatever may happen with some of this kind of stuff, we are going to be live at the end of this show. I'm on my way down to uh, heading towards Port Canaveral, uh, but we are going to be live for a few minutes. So when this recorded feed is completed, I'm just going to pop on like I always do for our R.S. Andrews cooldown. So if you're watching on video, you can be a part of that. We'll take your comments across all platforms. We won't go crazy long. But I, I do want to just be live with you. And then on Friday, we're going to do something a little bit different. I do not like to do the show outside of the boundaries of the normal format. But on Friday, as a way of just kind of catching up on everything, we're just going to go live at 10 a.m. We're going to kind of dispense with like the regular formatics. And I'm just going to talk to you and we're going to take your comments. And there is a lot of news that's going to come out. And so over the course of these next few days, I'll kind of catch you up on a lot of that coming up on Friday. Now, we have great pre-recorded shows. Hopefully, we're making good new use of your time today and then throughout Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But we will be back in kind of a live format coming up on Friday to cover a lot of those bases with you then. Does that make sense? Are there any questions about that? All right, so uh, Pella Window and Door of George makes this all possible today. You know, they can equip your house with energy-efficient windows and doors. They're great at that. That means when it's cold outside, you want that cold air to stay where it is, and you want that heat that you pay a lot of money for, energy bills, uh, you want that to stay on the inside of your house where that's supposed to be there as well. And that's what Pella Window and Door of George is all, all about. We say all the time, they're viewed to be the best. That means that you do survey after survey with homeowners here in our market. They recognize Palo Window and Door of Georgia for what it is, a market and brand leader giving you energy-efficient windows and doors. And they also can provide you great savings there as well. Between now and the end of the month, December 31st, you can get 0% APR for 24 months or 50% off qualifying installations. So check them out online at PellaofGA.com slash DogNation. That's PellaofGA.com slash DogNation. You can also give them a call, 678-638-1496. That's 678-638-1496. Pella Window and Door of Georgia is viewed to be the best. And by the way, they also have an experience center there in Duluth. You can stop by and put your hand on the product, really feel it, find out what makes it better. Talk to one of those Pella experts. They'll give you a no-pressure consultation to kind of walk you through installation options and all the product line. You can do all of that with our friends at Pella window and door of george we're gonna get jeff's intel coming up in a moment we'll talk to him about samuel and pemba the decision that he made on sunday but before that let's go around the doghouse and it's assisted today by our friends at AAA. now looking back on the sec championship here for a moment i think one of the big stories in the game was the performance of georgia quarterback sets of bennett who really came out like a house of fire and given the current landscape in college football now as i speak to you here on a monday Later on this evening, we're going to find out if Bennett actually did enough to warrant becoming a Heisman finalist. But clearly, on the basis of the performance, that conversation is kind of heating up a bit. In fact, even so much so that Kirby Smart in the postgame press conference on Saturday was asked, are you willing to campaign that Stetson Bennett should 
win the Heisman Trophy. And Kirby Smart, well, you can probably imagine what he said. This is Kirby. Well, absolutely. I mean, I, th I think it's one of those things that this, this, this guy's 23 of 29 in a second half that, I mean, he didn't get to do a whole lot in the second half. Um, so I don't know what he was in the first half, but he's played really well. And, you know, I had several people come up to me and say that they thought he played his best game of his career tonight. And he played, uh, he played really good. The reason why there was some laughter is because when Kirby said he was willing to campaign for Bennett, Bennett kind of said, don't worry about it, you have to do that, which is just kind of Bennett's dry sense of humor. But, you know, clearly Kirby says this may have been the best game he's played at Georgia, which is certainly high praise for Bennett, who's kind of back on that podium again as a game MVP, just like he was for the Orange Bowl last year in the national championship game, now doing that for the SEC championship game here too. And then when Kirby went on ESPN on Sunday morning, he had a chance to talk more about the impact that Bennett has not only had on Georgia this season, but the impact that he can have in the college football playoff, which begins against Ohio State on New Year's Eve, Kirby again on his quarterback. It's probably the number one, you know, critical factor is your quarterback play. I say all the time that, you know, most of these games, the way football is now, come down to the quarterback. Can he make plays? Can he make you right as an offensive coordinator when you're wrong? Um, the decisions that are he's asked to make on the RPO and, and who to throw the ball to, they're so critical, they almost outweigh the decisions made by the coordinators. And when you have a guy that's played and, and had these kind of experiences, um, which both teams in our game will have, experienced quarterbacks, um, it, it makes for exciting football. Uh, it makes for really good offense. Um, but those guys determine the outcome a lot of times with their decision-making. I would obviously love to see Bennett be a Heisman finalist. I hope that he is. And yet beyond that, the performance on Saturday is about more than just those end-of-season awards. I think there was a vibe created by UGA in that, especially first half of the SEC championship game, and some in the second half too, where you have a chance to kind of take that with you through the postseason, almost like the emotional reboot that Georgia needed by playing in kind of a climate-controlled environment you know, against a team in LSU that both they were ready for the game because it was for a championship, but also the opponent's one you maybe felt like you could beat. And it just seemed like Georgia was kind of clicking, and it seemed like they were really enjoying themselves. In fact, in one of the comments that Bennett gave in his post-game press conference on Saturday, he was directly asked about throwing the ball for a touchdown to, to Darnell Washington. Um, he had a very funny answer about this, but he also kind of leaned into that of, hey, this was a team that seemed to be enjoying itself again after a big grind to conclude the season, which featured back-to-back -back road games and cold-weather environments and rivalry games and tough scenarios and just really the grind of the season. Saturday kind of felt like a little bit of a – as I mentioned earlier, kind of an emotional reboot and in the way in which Stets a minute talked about the touchdown he threw to a Darnell Washington, maybe you got another glimpse of that. Here is Stett on that uh, from Saturday night. It's fun to throw to somebody that big and that fast. Uh, thank you for bringing him here and thank you for calling that play. Uh, no, but I mean, I don't know. I felt like we were in a rhythm. Um, I don't know. Was that the, no, that was, Lads was the one right after. Um, I guess that was the next driver, or I can't remember, sorry. Uh, but yeah, we're in a, we're in a zone. Um, I felt like what we were calling, we were executing, and we, we were having fun playing football there. So yeah, I mean, hearing Stetson use the word "fun" as frequently he does in that clip, I think that's good for Georgia. So whether Bennett's a Heisman finalist or not, this was an offense that certainly looked like it was clicking on uh, Saturday, and I think that's a, a great thing to be able to see. One more from Bennett here too. He was asked directly about you know this resume line he was able to add for himself of winning an SEC championship. And Stetson knows this program. He was a fan of this program ever before he was a player 
on this team and he understands what it means to win an SEC championship and maybe winning that SEC championship is enough to get him in the conversation for the Heisman fully and officially but either way it was a good nine for the dogs and Stetson put it nicely when he said this winning the SEC is a big deal um you know this is this is the best conference in football and I think with you know national championships it is, is huge and, and and great and you know that's our next goal but SEC is the first goal and it's the first goal second goal um after winning the east but winning the SEC championship I mean there, there's only one of those I mean it's a banner right I mean it's it's the same thing as a, as a national championship just a little bit smaller scale so yeah it, it was important for us Stetson, I could not have said it any better myself. A great game from the quarterback and a great way of summing it all up right there. That is Around the Doghouse, and it is assisted today by our friends at AAA. And, of course, AAA, they take good care of you, and we love them, and we've been talking to you about them for a long time, uh, not just for roadside assistance, although I use that. I'm traveling right now today. Even as you hear this, I'm probably driving on the road. The AAA membership card goes with me everywhere that I go. But I also want you to think about AAA when it comes to your insurance needs there as well, including your home insurance too, because when you get your home insurance through AAA, you can qualify for something they call claim forgiveness, which means your first claim can be forgiven when you're insured and claim-free with insurance through AAA for five years. Just one of the nice things they want to do for you. And you can find out more about those benefits by going to AAA.com slash home insurance. That's AAA.com slash home insurance. And you can give them a call, 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075. All right, full confession. We're pre-recording this on a Sunday. We're doing this prior to Samuel Mpemba making his announcement. I think I know what he's going to say, but as I'm speaking to you right now, I don't know. But the guy who does know is Jeff Sintel because we recorded this after all that took place. And so let's all find out, at least for me, find out together, but uh, reacting to uh, the Mpemba news and what comes next for Georgia in his 2023 class. Not don't, don't normally have Jeff Sintel on a Monday, but we moved him up this week just because of the recruiting news that's going on. So let's get ready to say hello to him right now on a very special Monday edition of Dog Nation Daily presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. We'll go on the road with Jeff, assisted by AAA. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insight. It is a shocking breach of protocol for us. Normally, Jeff Sintel is a Friday guest, but it seems like a great time to have him here on a Monday because of the fact that Georgia just got a big commit on a Sunday. Five-star edge rusher Sam Mpemba making his pledge to UGA. So if you came here expecting John Stinchcomb, we'll get John again next week. All of our former players, John and Terrence and Jake Fromm, we'll get all of them uh, again next week. We're in a little bit of a tricky uh, situation this week because, as you know, I'm going on a Royal Caribbean cruise. You've probably heard me say that now 5,000 times. But nonetheless, Jeff Sintel with us here right now. Jeff, Sam and Pemba in the uh, mix here for UGA it is one that is probably not unexpected, and yet at the same time, certainly worthy of a celebration. So tell us, what is Georgia getting with Mimpemba? Yeah, so um, it's a unique athlete. I think he's the 13th guy, should he sign, and we all believe he will go on to sign with Georgia. Um, the 13th guy that has ING Academy pedigree that, that come visit the Georgia Bulldogs and play for them in Athens. Family Mimpemba is a five-star, nation's number four edge. But I would, I would counsel people here to kind of maybe do not open up high expectations for this young man until 2024. I think he's going to need a little bit of polish, uh, not because anything uh, for, on his doing, he's a remarkable athlete, the type of athlete that Brandon 
play tight end, play wide receiver at IMG Academy of all places. That's big boy, big boy, big boy football. And as a junior, and he just transitioned to a full-time edge rusher uh, for his senior year. So I don't think the the initial upside is going to be great for an impact as much as long-term. The dogs see him like a Nolan Smith type here. And, you know, Brandon, this is a guy that for the longest time, I use this phrase glowingly that he reminded me of Malik Herring, probably the most committed, uncommitted recruit in the country. I think he visited Georgia. Let me see, G-Day. Let me see, uh, he was there for the Sanford game. That's the famous laugh of Kirby Smart around the field. He visited for Auburn. He saw Georgia when he was on his Missouri official visit because the dogs were playing in that game. He uh, also saw his, Georgia, his Tennessee game official visit. That's when he rocked the old school Kirby Smart jersey. A lot of history here, a lot of unique things for this young man. Uh, his family roots are in from West Africa. He draped himself in his native Ghana's um, na- native you know, country's flag uh, when he was on one of his earlier unofficial visits. Just a lot to like about him, man. Grew up playing soccer, and I think he's going to end up being an all-time, a really good Georgia Bulldog. You know, you mentioned uh, a moment ago, we talked about this on Sunday, going back to then, about how – Hey, you know, there are other programs, including the one that George is about to play in the college ball playoff, a team like Ohio State, that the best version of those Buckeye defenses always seem to have that superstar edge rusher. Like when they've been at their best, it's a Chase Young or it's a Bosa brother or it's something like that. This guy that almost stands head and shoulders above everybody else on the defense. At a place like George, that's not easy to do. You made the comparison to Nolan Smith a moment ago. But Smith, for as valuable as he's been to UGA, has been kind of an ensemble player. And last year on the 2021 defense that won a national championship and had five first-round picks, once again, the collective talent was so great that that all the guys sort of felt like component pieces of that ensemble cast, if you will. So with George, and by the way, our guests have more text messages. It's always amazing how popular our guests are. But the point here is, though, um, uh, the point here is, is with Georgia needing that upgrade at the edge rusher position, how much do you think that Georgia on a future defense, whether it be Pemba or maybe the possibility of a guy like Damon Wilson or something like that, how much of this in the future is going to be about Georgia kind of showcasing that edge rusher as a potential star in this defense? Yeah, I think what they're doing, Brandon, is they're kind of changing what they're looking for, first of all. They want a longer edge rusher. I mean, a cat like Nolan Smith is athletic, is all get out, loves Georgia plays with great technique, pad level, and passion. But sometimes you need a little bit more length. You need a little bit more um, – I mean, Nolan's got incredible bend, but you just need a bigger athlete. That's what college football looks like these days with Heck Brandon. you got a guy like that looks like a Marius Mims on that, on that right side or, you know, the big offensive tackles of today. Georgia's got several offensive linemen that are over six feet, six inches now. And you can really lock a player out like that, especially when they're trying to get to your quarterback. I think Georgia, Damon Wilson, Samuel and Pimba, even Marvin Jones Jr., Brandon, going to feel a lot to me like it did a couple of years ago when you had Aziz Ojolari and Jermaine Johnson and Robert Beal and Nolan Smith and Adam Anderson. I think that's the mission and that's the charge where Georgia's got to get back to be. And they might get there, Brandon. They might have a little bit of those casualties as well where they only have room for about one edge rusher in the ensuing classes because they got so many dudes. No, that's a interesting way to put that. Uh, also, as we kind of transition away from good news for Georgia recruiting, how about big news in the world of college football in general? As you and I speak today, it is the start of the opening back up of the transfer portal again. And I think the anticipation that we have is, those of us who try to follow this stuff pretty closely, 
is that this is about to be really, really intense, maybe more intense than anything with the portal has kind of been in the past. So let me ask you kind of a two-pronged question here, specifically the impact you think this is going to have on recruiting and kind of roster management for teams, then obviously maybe more specifically what it's going to mean for Georgia here too, because Georgia's obviously trying to fill its 2023 class, but it's also trying to get ready for the college football playoff. How much of a potential distraction is all this portal stuff going to be and how how much tangible specific news are we going to have over the course of the next couple of weeks as it relates to Georgia on this? Yeah, so Georgia's got, I mean, we know Kirby Smart will figure out a way to do it. Might involve lesser sleep than that man already gets, but he's going to deal with roster retention. He's going to deal with portal recruiting. I think Georgia will be active in the portal this year, maybe three, four, five, six guys maybe in the portal. I know they want to look at things at receiver. They want to look at safety. Um, I think maybe depends on what happens with Justice Haynes, which, goodness gracious, Brandon, can't go out in public anymore without getting 19, 19 questions about Joe, Justice Haynes, man. I need to have it stamped on my forehead. The Justice O meter right now. But depending on what happens there with running backs, I think I think that's something Georgia might look at in terms of another running back for this class. Um, it's going to be weird, Brandon. Just something that happened on Sunday, for instance. Deion Sanders to Colorado. Now, a lot of people are going to go, shop, shop, that's Colorado, that's Pac-12. Brandon, I think he's going to do some amazing things there at Colorado, especially for the first two or three years. He picked up a 2025 wide receiver recruit out of ING Academy already. He already announced his son, is that's your quarterback. Shadour Sanders is the new quarterback of the Colorado Buffaloes. I bet, I bet he's going to bring a guy like Travis Hunter along with him. Um, it's just that's just a little a little snapshot of what could go on with recruiting, recruiting the portal. I don't like this, Brandon, especially because it impacts a lot of high school kids. But some programs are – I've learned that coaches are telling me through networks that, man, they might get 60% high school guys now and 40% yeah. portal guys from now on. We saw that's the way LSU built its roster for that SEC championship run. We saw that's how Tennessee had a great measure of success, especially defensively under Josh Heupel as kind of a quick fix type thing. And uh, meanwhile, Georgia's going to keep doing what it's doing, stacking up the high school stars that everybody wants. And I think let's be clear on this one point. I think that the, the high school players that Georgia is getting are still better, especially short-term and maybe one or two years than a lot of these guys in the portal. It's just that there's not as much quick, ready-to-play impact talent coming out of the high school ranks as it will with 20- and 21-year-old young men coming into the portal and coming out of the portal. I think everybody's trying to say point at the sky and say it's going to be raining transfer portal stories. I think that's pretty much right. You're going to see, Brandon, it makes very little sense to me. You'll see entrenched SEC starters at least putting their names in the portal to see what sort of, and here's the other layer of this thread, Brandon, the other layer of this rabbit hole would be, they're putting their names in the portal even though they're getting playing time and they're entrenched mm-hmm. because they want to know what NIL can do for them from their current situation. And maybe it's just a way to fill out offers and get a better, better offer than, from where they're already at. I think those two things working in concert along with a later signing period for the early signing period, it's all the way on December the 21st right now. Brandon George is trying to get – uh, they're early enrollees in for bowl practices mm-hmm. when typically the early signing day was a week earlier. So you got a lot of stuff going on right now, Brandon, and it's a, it's a time this month of December that will be very challenging even for a 
high-maintenance, high-efficient program like Georgia. We're on the road assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel here today, and this week I literally am on the road. And, of course, when you're on the road too, that AAA membership card, a great thing you can take with you everywhere you go. But AAA, also a great name to know when it comes to your insurance as well, including your auto insurance there too, because when you switch to AAA, you can save more money, but you can also get a great experience. Did you know that AAA and its auto insurance has a 93% satisfaction rate? If that be the case, I'm here to tell you they must be doing something right, and they can do something right for you too. So why don't you reach out to them and give them a call, 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075. Find a branch near you. Talk to them about the great ways they can save you money and give you a better experience when you get your auto insurance through AAA. Jeff, let's finish with this. Uh, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this in the time to come. But what is the impact of Georgia versus Ohio State to recruit, recruiting powerhouses that haven't been on the field together against each other in quite some time? What is the potential impact this game has on recruiting? I think a lot of schools want to see if there's really a difference between SEC ball and Big Ten ball. I think there is. But I think a lot of those recruits that want that kind of visual confirmation could probably get it. SEC defensive lines are much stouter. The athletes across the front move so much better. I think, and then there's a Big Ten program like Ohio State, which will sling it around. Can a school like Georgia score with Ohio State? Will it kind of look a lot like the LSU game did on on Saturday in the SEC championship game? I think those are things people want to see because these are kind of pinnacle or, or true north type programs for a lot of guys. And Brandon, we can just count up, like look at some of the bigger bigger recruiting battles that Georgia's faced over the years. They went at, they're going head-to-head this year for Damon Wilson. Uh, they were both on the finalists for Justice Haynes, Caleb Downs. Uh, you look in the 2024 class, Brandon, I know that's one that you got your eyes all over it. There's there's K.J. Bolden, there's mm-hmm. Mike Matthews, there's oh, Edgar yeah. Houston. Heck, heck Brandon, when, when um, Mill Creek faced Buford earlier this year, Ryan Day thought it was so important for him to be there for those guys in the 2024 class that he showed up there on that weekend because it was an off weekend for Ohio State. So you had Ohio State's coach coming down to Buford High School to watch a game with probably, I don't know, 20, 25 Power 5 prospects on the field. And it's just what it is, man. Ryan Day is a name. It's a name to know, and Ohio State is a brand. So I think you're really going to see brand warfare here about Georgia – a school that everybody in both fan bases have been kind of chomping at the bit to play each other since they really started button heads for recruits back in 2017 and 2018, especially with Georgia recruiting nationally, um, just kind of goes back and forth. These schools have been fighting each other on the recruiting trail, recruiting trail for so long. Kind of seems only right that they're going to fight on the field finally with a national championship playoff berth on the line. Fun stuff to think about. we got a month to do it. Jeff, thanks for being here on the road. Different day for you, by the way, but still assisted by AAA. Enjoy your week. I'll look forward to talking to you when I get back, and we'll uh, get ready for early signing period and the college football playoff and a extraordinarily wild month of December, Jeff. So thanks for your time. Hey, Brandon, I can't help but hear, like, the, the air horn or that horn on the cruise that shows you're leaving. It sounds off when you're leaving a port. I can't help but hear that in the back of my mind right now as I'm talking to you because get some really good recharge and some fun time, man. Good stuff, Jeff. Thanks so much. Later, man. See him. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So it's not normally Jeff Sintel on a Monday, but it was good to catch up with him here on this Monday because it was good news for the dogs. Five-star edge rusher Samuel Mpemba now in the fold for the class of 2023. That is exciting. 
Let me tell you what else is exciting. It's being on a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation, something that I'm lucky enough to be able to do here this week. And you get your chance to do this there as well. First of all, you can be on the Dog Nation cruise with us coming up in April. That's a really good thing. But I'm a part of like a special, it's kind of like a promotional type deal. I was invited, uh, which makes me sound more important than I am. But I was invited to be a part of this Wonder of the Seas, which is the largest cruise ship in the world, is actually repositioning. It's going to take a new home in Port Canaveral, which is kind of my home away from home. Or I should say that's my kind of home port for cruises. I like to drive uh, there for that. It's very easy. It's just past Orlando. My family now, we kind of go to Orlando a lot anyway, and it's just sort of right beyond all of that. So it's a wonderful, wonderful experience, and we're looking forward to being on board Wonder of the Seas. In fact, some of you who kind of catch up with this a couple days later, by the time you hear me, I actually be on board the ship. So we're doing that here this week. Can we bring down that music just a tiny little touch, just maybe just a tiny little touch? Um, but so yeah, we're looking forward to doing all that and we want to be you to be a part of it there too. So our friend Jessica Slater, she's a great travel agent. In fact, some of y'all met her on Monday at the uh, Dog Nation Go for Two and Twenty Two kickoff tailgate event. You can actually give Jessica a call 770-718-9147. 770-718-9147. She'll talk to you about anything Royal Caribbean related, about Wonder of the Seas, the ship that I'm going to be on, or Independence of the Seas, the ship we're all going to be on for our Dog Nation cruise coming up in April. She'll tell you everything you need to know about that. She's also made a great website as well, royaldogs.com. That is royaldogs.com. You can get more information from her about how much fun it's going to be on board a Royal Caribbean cruise ship when you get a chance to, whether it be soon or in April or whenever else. She's got you covered on all of that. All right, let's go cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean now. And as I speak to you, it's a big doing. It's a big day here in the SEC because the transfer portal is now officially opening back up. Now, we've got all kinds of transfer news uh, and rumors and whatnot the last few days, but it's officially opening up right now. And I think we're kind of bracing for a little bit of chaos here. And I've, for the most part, kind of made peace with all this kind of stuff. This is just what college football is going to be going forward. I'm just kind of at peace with it. It just sort of is what it is. But man, you got to be really careful. It's just sort of careening into something just sort of too chaotic almost. But no doubt, we're about to have a lot of player movement. And obviously, Georgia's not going to be immune to this. Georgia likely looking to take in a transfer or two. And certainly a handful of guys on this roster right now are expected to leave there as well. And what I don't quite yet know is how noisy all this process is going to be. I'm just not quite so sure about that. In other words, Georgia's getting ready for national championship. You hope players, they look for their future. And I understand why a player would want to secure his future. I get why players want to feel good about their college home. I understand that part of it. But selfishly, those of us who are Georgia fans or those within the football program, you sort of hope this time right now doesn't lead to the kind of thing that becomes a distraction for Georgia on the field as it's one of the four teams left still hoping to win a national championship. But it is going to be crazy. Stay close to Dog Nation, whether it be a Georgia player whose name officially goes in or it's a rumored type thing or it's a player that's maybe rumored to come to Georgia Whatever that is, you can stay close to Dog Nation, and we're going to give you plenty of coverage on that over the course of the next few days. It won't really be me because I'm kind of away, but the uh, rest of the folks who are here, they'll have their ear to the ground and their eyes on the scene as it relates to all of that. We also know now the college ball playoff is officially set. Uh, obviously, Georgia-Ohio State, we've talked about plenty. I think the Michigan-TCU game on the other side of this is certainly pretty interesting in its own right. Michigan right now, about a nine, nine-and-a-half-point favorite here against TCU. And I guess I don't quite have a sense of exactly how good TCU is. And part of that for me is just related to the fact that I have gotten it wrong on the Horn Frogs so much this year. I kept expecting them to lose. Now, I finally picked it correctly 
in the Big 12 title game because I went against them one more time, and this time they finally did lose. So I guess eventually I got it right on TCU, but I didn't been expecting that to happen all year long. And somehow TCU kept finding a way to kind of win close, defying expectations really in the way that it did that. What does the matchup look like with Michigan and, and, and TCU right now? I, I guess I am of the belief that Michigan, although undefeated, is not certainly enough of a juggernaut that they can just waltz into Arizona and easily beat TCU. But the same way that Georgia used the recipe of a balanced team, pretty good offensively, pretty good defensively, to win last year, and that's certainly part of Georgia's recipe for doing that again this year, I think Michigan's kind of built that way too. And largely, we haven't seen great defense from TCU on the balance of the season. So my early lean is certainly Michigan to win the game. The point spread, it'll take us a little while to figure out where we're going on all of that and then finally we did a lot of this on our show on Sunday so I won't belabor too much at this point right now but Nick Saban just really embarrassed himself it going on TV begging for a spot in the playoff and making really the like the thinnest frailest you know claims of all time the campaign to put Alabama in was so difficult to believe and really essentially believed by no one I haven't really heard any voices in the media echoing any of the arguments that Nick Saban was making for why Alabama should be in the playoff as a two-loss team, they just they just weren't coming. And yet you're left to wonder, well, you know, uh, if you're Alabama, what could have been different here this season? And by the way, if an Alabama you know, fan is saying that, or if the Alabama team itself is saying that, imagine how much more Tennessee is saying that right now. Because I think if they don't give up 63 points to South Carolina, Tennessee would be a much larger part of this conversation than they were. And who knows, maybe they would have even had a chance to get the knot over Ohio State for this final playoff spot but ultimately and you saw the way they were treated on TV really in the last couple of weeks that once they had the huge offensive explosion against them by the Gamecocks they were never a consideration again and a lot of that was also related to the Hendon Hooker injury but frankly they were already getting decimated by South Carolina before Hooker even got hurt so whether you're Tennessee or Alabama those two SEC teams kind of on the outside looking in here and then you're left to wonder how this season could have been different for you Obviously, for Alabama, they just needed to have been better. And for Tennessee, <laughs> they needed to be a little bit better at the end of the season to match some of the stuff they had done at the beginning of the season. But either way, we'll make that cruise and run the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. A couple quick shots out before we go here. How about our friends at Peachtree Orthopedics? You know, they've been Atlanta's go-to orthopedic practice for more than 70 years. And so for so many folks in our audience, you're a golfer or you like, you know, you're kind of involved in running a marathon or you, you play tennis or pickleball or, you know, all these things that you kind of enjoy doing. And yet when you're facing some sort of injury situation, your back or your knees or your neck or, your, you know, whatever your particular issue is, that is preventing you from living the kind of life that you want to enjoy. Well, that's where our friends at Peachtree Orthopedics can step in and do great things for you because they have a specific process that's specific just for you and your needs. And when you have a consultation with them and talk about this, they're going to give you a chance to explain your problem. They're going to listen to that. They're going to understand that. And then they're going to talk to you about your options in a way that's easy for you to understand and certainly very clear. And then they're going to make a plan for recovery that gets you back doing the kinds of things you enjoy. And now with their urgent ortho clinic, you can also do things even easier because you can get same day, evening, and Saturday hours and kind of come up with something that works specifically for you. That is what our friends at Peachtree Orthopedics are all about because life is waiting. It's time for things to get better for you. So that's why you need to check out Peachtree Orthopedics today at peachtreeorthopedics.com. That is peachtreeorthopedics.com. And this past week, you certainly heard us talking a lot about our friends at Marlowe's Tavern and the great offer they have for you. Your chance to get that $50 Marlowe's Tavern gift card right now for that hard-to-buy person on your Christmas shop 
subscribing list. As a special thank you to you when you do that, they're also going to give you that complimentary bottle of Michelle Brute Sparkling Wine. You saw me have that with us at our Marlowe's broadcast last week. It's a great thing that Marlowe's has been doing with us now for a long time, many years during the holiday season. A great thank you from Marlowe's Tavern to all of its great customers, those who are enjoying uh, the great chef-inspired food and the craft talk cocktails there at Marlowe's Tavern. Plus, don't forget this. If you get a $100 Marlowe's Tavern gift card right now, not only do you get the Michelle Brute Sparkling Wine as a special thank you, you also get a bonus $20 gift card there as well. And who knows? Maybe you use that for yourself. Either way, check out Marlowe'sTavern.com for more opportunities to get some great gift cards for those folks on your shopping list here this holiday season. All right, wrapping things up here on a Monday. I'll be with you live here in just a moment. We'll take some comments here and uh, have some fun doing that. Before that, though, how about some golden shoes? Let's give out some fun ones here after what was a busy weekend for UGA. Also coming back up again on the anniversary of when Kirby Smart was hired as Georgia coach back in 2015. In fact, we have surpassed that now. And UGA Chris M. writes in to say, I'd say this has worked out pretty great for these dogs. Indeed, it has. Hashtag go dogs. Hashtag go for two and 22. Good stuff there. Our buddy James Lawson, who, by the way, speaking of Royal Caribbean cruises, was with us on our first uh, Dog Nation cruise, checks in to say it's a new profile pick. Going back to his days as a member of the Red Coat Marching Band. You love to see this. Uh, hashtag go for two in 22. We love James and Jenny. Uh, we're certainly very proud of them uh, and looking forward to seeing them again on our Dog Nation cruise coming up. Chris also giving the go for two in 22 there as well. You love to see that. That's going to get you straight to the front of the line when it comes to our golden shoes. Then we have one more for today there too. Yeah, our buddy Josh Beatty checking in to say, enjoying some golf before Georgia beats up on LSU. That's good stuff, Josh. And glad to see you enjoying that finished long drink as well. It was a great weekend. Georgia won the SEC, got a five-star commitment. Everything is all right in the world for these dogs. So that is very, very fun. And we'll close things out with our Gator Hater Countdown and remind you, Georgia going back to Jacksonville 329 days from right now. There's so much going on around Dog Nation. You can almost forget that less than a year we'll be beating up on those lousy, stinking Gators again. And I love to talk to you about that. And I also love to tell you, go for two and 22. And we'll see you back here again tomorrow.